Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello! We are on episode 118 now, Rob, and we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. We are on Twitter at at lapodcast if you want to send us a tweet or read our tweets. I don't really know how it works. I don't use it. Close um, enough. That'll do. Uh, we are on Tumblr at lapodcast.tumblr.com. We can be found on iTunes, of course, if you search for Local Anesthetic Podcast. I think if you just put in Alex and Rob Podcast, you will get us. Perhaps so, yeah. Or one yeah. of the other third suggestions that my friend Tom recommended a while ago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can download all of our episodes there or from the website. You can leave us a review. Rob, I do understand that some of our regular listeners have quite big followings on, is it twi- on Twitter? On Twitter, yeah. So right. Craig from Newport has quite a substantial amount of people following him. Yeah, I think Craig got about 1,000 followers. Maybe he's a celebrity in Wales. Quite possibly, I mean... Or unless the followers are all sheep. It could be. Or I fictitious. Mean... <laughs> Maybe they're hit aliases he's created to follow himself. Because you could do that, you could create aliases and follow yourself to make yourself look more important than you are. Craig, I'm not accusing you of that at all. I mean, that's, that's an awful lot of effort to make yourself look more popular. Do we have any other listeners who have lots of uh, followers? I think Jack, yeah, I think Jack's got about 800. I mean, he's, 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 he's travelling the world at the moment. Is I he? Think, well, the world or just some parts of Thailand. Well, that'd be... Uh, right. But no, 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 no. Sex yeah, holiday. Not like that. <laughs> but he could, uh, he could find some funny stories in his local area and get back to us. But the point is, if you listen to this show, whoever you are, and you've got a lot of followers, then spread the word. Because, of course, we want more and more people to listen to the podcast and submit stories. Absolutely. So any sort of retweets or any likes on Facebook, obviously it, it increases our exposure. It's exactly what we need. Yeah, and we're not. there's no monetary gain for us. The only reason that we want people to listen to the podcast is for the love of these good local stories, Rob. Because as I said last week... What did I say last week? <laughs> what, what was the new catchphrase I had? The most trusted name in local news. That's it, yes. Local anaesthetic, the most trusted name in local, in brackets, news. On that point, I, I need to make an apology, actually. Um, I was listening back to LA17 last yeah, night. Yeah, you were really weak that week, mate. It was, it was, yeah, it was no, awful. I know it, it wasn't in, in regards to my performance, though. Oh. Alex, thank you for, for commenting anyway. Right. Um, I happened to mention a story about Paul Nuttall, which I realise now that I said was from the Daily Mail. Which uh, did surprise me. Cause I, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think on listening back, it surprised me also. The, the story's actually from the Daily Mirror. Um I'd like to say that I'm not a racist, I'm not a bigot, I support immigration uh, to an extent. So rather uh, than reading a rather tawdry, or a very tawdry, right-wing rag, you were in fact reading a very tawdry left-wing rag. Exactly, and I I want people to be completely aware of that. (laughs) Right, okay. Is there anything you want to say before we crack on? Um, I don't think so. I mean, by the time that this goes out, I I may or may not be engaged. Um, Rob, you're not healthy. I don't think... Are you sure you should be publicly announcing all of this? Uh, Let well, me move you on. Lesbian Neighbour update. Any okay. news? Um, no, no. They, again, they've been very quiet. I think they may be arguing this morning. It was very early. I was up about half what past six. What did you six. hear? Well, they were shouting. Unless they were having a very heated discussion at that time in the morning. But yeah, it was very early to be arguing. You're very swearing. Uh, no, it's, it's muffled, Alex. It's right, muffled that's good. Charing. Yeah, so like, I mean, what, like, wah, 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 wah. Well, they're, no, they're, they're not sort of Muppets. How do you know it's not the television? What, half six in the morning? Could be. Catching oh, up on EastEnders? Possibly, yeah, possibly. Uh, I, can't, I haven't really got an answer for that. It could be. But, um, again, they, they, they tend to stomp around the flat an awful lot. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure if it's the fact they haven't got carpets. Or they're or fat. they're making a point. Or they're fat. Or they're fat. Well, Rob, let's get on with this. I have got a cracking story to start off, off, right, okay. off, off with. 
Can you remember one of the news, the new shopper's new regular features, Rob? Mm-hmm. Not the Andrew Park things. What's it called? The, the, the thing about statistics. Do you remember what it's called? Chat. Stat. Stat chat. Stat chat. Stat chat. Uh, it's from the new shopper, Rob. It's one of my favourites so far. So I want you to listen to this carefully and I want you to tell me what you think about this. Right. right. This is from Friday the 24th of October. So recently, because we are recording today on the 29th of October. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yay! In, in retrospect, because I'll be listening to this, what, at some point after Halloween, really? Yeah. Happy bonfire night. <laughs> Again, a ghost, not a camp person. The... Um, <clears throat> Good to make a distinction. It is. Rob, there's no journalists listed. Cause, of course. Uh, I, I think they all club together to do yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Um, this is my favourite stat chat so far. Okay. Because I found it genuinely interesting. No, I can't um, believe that, Alex. No, no, no. I found it genuinely interesting, but very humorous at the same time. It's right. very short. Top ten words people look up most in the dictionary. Right. Okay. Right. Let's see if you can guess some words, Rob, in the top ten. Are these called misspellings by any chance? I wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put them down to that. I mean, some of them could be, but I doubt that. I think there's something else going on, which I'm, I want you to... Is, it, is there a sexual theme, by any chance? No, it's not people looking up silly words like fanny or... Clunge. <laughs> is that a word? It is now. Right. Um, yeah, it's usually on the in-betweeners. Um, okay, so... Oh. So words that looked up, commonly looked up in the dictionary, is that not words that have been misspelled or... Oh. Well, they could. I mean, we could. We don't know the reason people are looking up. They're just the words that people look up most in the dictionary. Oh, just name God. one, Rob. I, I, I can't name help. one word. A. Aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking of Blackadder. No, it isn't. I want you to listen to these words, and I want you to tell me what you think about this. What your what your explanation is? These are the top ten English words people look up most. According to who? Collins Dictionary. Right. Okay. Right. So. Yeah, if we get any eye horse, it's Collins. Okay. <laughs> Might not be Chambers or Oxford, but it's Collins. Probably third, aren't they, after those two? I would say so, yeah. Right, here are the words, Rob. Despicable. Right. Condescending. Endearing. Pretentious. Google. Whoever those people are, right, are as stupid as the people who are looking up number six on this list. Kid. Right. What? Yeah. Ulterior motive. Obnoxious. Adorable and diversity. Now, Rob, I want to take it now. I, I'm going to leave number 10 to the last. I want to take out Google and Kid together, those. Listen to these words again despicable, condescending, endearing, pretentious, ulterior motive, obnoxious, and adorable. Are What's these, your explanation for those words? Are these things that, have, uh, that Andrew Parks has been called <laughs> or things of himself? Uh, that's a very good explanation. I think these are to do with people who are in relationships, right? Who right. are quite young, because they've looked it up on collinsdictionary.com. Condescending. Yeah, yeah, who are quite young, who've been called things by their partner that they don't mm. understand, right? Okay, so that makes sense, they've gone yeah. and they're like, he called, me, he called me despicable. What does that mean? <laughs> he called me condescending. What does that mean? Pretentious. What does that mean? Ulterior motive. What does that mean? Obnoxious. What does that mean? And even things like wanting to look up things like adorable and endearing. Maybe the boyfriend or the girlfriend of the thief texting is so endearing. So that is my theory. Number 10, diversity, is people who are making a job application or intending on going on a job interview and need to know what the fuck diversity oh means. God. That's really quite worrying. If they don't know what it means, you go for a job interview. I mean, if you don't want to know in, in general society, it's quite alarming. But <laughs> to actually Google it, it's diversity. I've heard a lot about it, but I don't really know what it means. Mm. Looking up Google is an interesting one. Yes. Why would you be looking up Google? What happens if you put Google into Google? You get Google. Is it, 
for all we know, there might be... Because you know that if you type certain things into Google, then the, the search engine does certain predetermined, uh, uh, you know, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe it does. Maybe if you type Google in, maybe, I don't know, a massive cock appears. On to the next story. I mean, I found that genuinely interesting. I don't know if, if, if you did. Did you? Not really. No, I, I really like that no, story. No, it was interesting. Uh, yeah. My second story, Rob... Mm. Sorry, Rob, I'm just scrolling through the endless, see, Alex, the, yeah. endless, the endless list of comments, which you'll be pleased to say I'm not reading out. Uh, only a few of them. It is by Mark Chandler, the deputy news editor of the New Shopper, and the headline is from the 27th of October. Lewisham £20 million leisure centre, in quotes, one of the worst in London. Brilliant. <laughs> this is a great story. <laughs> Money well spent. It cost £20 million and has only been open 16 months, wow. but an award-winning leisure centre has been described as one of the worst in London by fed-up users. Claims have been made that the glass mill sauna had to be rebuilt after being out of action for three months. Lockers are falling apart. A glass panel from one of the, from the outside plummeted to the ground. Oh dear God! And a disabled shower was left out of action for nearly a year. <laughs> <laughs> Most distressingly, a young Saxon Crown Club swimmer had a, what? A young Saxon Crown Club swimmer. I don't know what that is. That might be episode time. Had her hair burned by a gang of youths who sometimes congregate outside the building with no security guard around to help. Right, that's not really the leisure centre's fault, though, is it? Well, I suppose by the security guard, possibly. Rob, would you like to know the, the, the name of the road that this leisure centre is in? Because remember this is in Lewisham. Right. I can't think of a worse name for a road in the world as this, because when I read it, I just thought, well, what do you expect if you're going to build a leisure centre there? The name of the road is Lone Pit Vale. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like the cousin of an armpit. A lone pit sounds like a rather dirtier armpit. Armpit Vale building. I don't know, it just sounds, it, for me, it just sounds like a, a site of maybe a, a former plague pit or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most distra- um, pool user Gerard Ambrose, 64, of Manor Lane Terrace said, The many, many faults must make this one of the worst builds in the whole of London. It's an absolute disgrace, and it's just getting worse and worse. It was never right from day one, really. In a few years' time, it will be just as bad as the Ladywell Centre it replaced, which was also infamous. Right. Problems culminated last week when both the pools at the centre, opened since last June, were out of action for days on end. Representatives from Operators Fusion Lifestyle... Nice! <laughs> ...are now expected to be given a torrid time at a members' forum on November the 3rd at 6pm. Meanwhile, a spoof Twitter account, accidentally promoted by several Lewisham councillors... Oh. Has Fantastic. been set up by one disgruntled gym goer, highlighting the daily failings at the centre, from massive queues for swimming lessons to toilet seats left broken for months. Mr. Ambrose said last week both pools were closed due to a mechanical failure in the pumps. The sauna was out of action for nearly three months because of a bad design and build and had to be completely rebuilt. The gym floor was such a bad design and build that they replaced the whole floor over a period of five Weeks. A glass panel on the outside fell down, just missing a young lady. Consequently, all the panels were taken down and fitted correctly with rust-proof nuts and bolts as previous fittings were only screws which rusted. In the men's swimming changing rooms, 80 lockers are now broken. The disabled shower has not worked since December 2013. The floors in the men's changing rooms and outside have been partly redesigned due to design fault. The list goes on and on. Andy Curtis, 49, said his young daughter Millie is now nervous about using the centre after she was attacked by a gang of news with a lighter on October the 17th. The dad of two... Rob is looking incredulous. The dad of two said, there's a gang of news that hang around outside the centre, terrorising children going into the building. My little 10-year-old went to go swimming, but as she went to go in, she had her hair set alight. Millie was physically unharmed, but shaken by the experience, Mr Curtis said. And glass mill staff were very helpful, but better security is required, he said. Um, <laughs> Space pizza up and dunked in the pool. 
You get the idea, Rob. Uh, a few comments on this. Um, the real fuzziest of bears says, right. another example of broken Britain, which I'm sure you'll agree with, Rob. Just, just that? I, I know that is a topic that is dear to your heart. Of course. Golden Broombroy said, I love this comment, Rob. He says, let me be blunt. Lewisham is a crap hole. Don't go there unless you have to. Uh, that I was, think we can all uh, we can all agree with that. That that, that was rather blunt. Um, Rob, my last story here is a. Uh, oh, it's, that, that, I'm sorry, that is shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It is. It is shocking. That's why I'm reading it out. Rob. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, but to be fair, Rob, what you said about Lewisham, Lewisham, I don't isn't. I mean, obviously, I've spent a lot of time in Lewisham. I live in the borough of Lewisham, but the actual area of Lewisham, which is some way from here, about a 25 minute drive. I don't mind it. I mean, I've got a lot of time there. I think you've just got to know how to handle yourself. Put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Now, Rob, I take the best to last because surely you want to know what Andy Parks has been up to. And oh, God, is it time for his five, five thoughts of the five, week? Five thoughts of the week. Each week, I use this space to share my five thoughts of the week, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Great. This is Andrew Parks, group editor of The New Shopper. If you don't know who that is, go back and listen to some previous episodes or visit our Facebook page de- dedicated to him, Britain's Angriest Hack. Are you uploading these onto Britain's Angriest Hack? Because you should have been. I just thought about that. Yeah, yeah. we should, shouldn't we? You could go back. They're pretty easy to find. There's been about four, five of them so far. I'll be honest, I may do that. Please do it, Rob, because these need to be recorded. Alex, right? whenever, spare a few minutes, I will. Number one. You'll be pleased to hear that he's not crediting any thoughts to anybody else this week. Oh, it's a shame. They're all his, oh. apparently, unless, unless he is paying... <laughs> New shopper readers for their thoughts. He's literally buying them off. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, biggest jobs worth award of the week goes to South Eastern's young lady on Sutton Station ticket barrier. I realise you're not actually programmed to listen to customers, but just for your information, if someone buys an off-peak ticket train for a train that leaves at 9.30am, they need to be allowed through the barrier before 9.30am, even if it's only for a moment or two to stand any chance of catching their train. Possibly okay. my favourite thought ever from Andy Parks in his thoughts for the week, Rob. Number two, I experienced a Nando's restaurant for the second time in my life. <laughs> the first time I had a pint of Coke poured over me and was served cold, inedible chicken. Now, <laughs> please tell me goes into more detail about how no, that happened. No, Rob, what about, I liked uh, cold, inedible chicken as an episode title. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. a pint of Coke and some cold, inedible chicken. <laughs> I think that's a good one, Rob. That is quite good. Uh, anyway, so you would think the second visit could only be an improvement... Believe you me, there won't be a third time lucky for this one. You just want to know more, don't you, Rob? What the hell Badly. happened in Nando's? Number three, it's ridiculous putting the clocks back. We're now getting lighter mornings at a time when it makes no difference to ordinary people. But darker evenings when the time could be much better used. You might as well leave the clocks as they are. Or better still, put them forward an hour in the autumn. It's probably only a sop to poor old farmers or the Scots. A very original idea from Andy Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Number four. I'm walking around today without creaking or groaning. That's oh. what happens when my hockey is called off. We also get a 5-0 victory by default, but I'd rather have played... Oh, God, I've just had an image of Andy walking around in a pleated skirt. I'd rather have played even if we'd lost. Number five. And finally, does anyone know what happened to Nick Berry? I haven't seen him for years. <laughs> Apparently he was a housewife's dream a few years ago. Some comments, Rob. Nick Berry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly, Rob. What's happened to him, right? Who cares? <laughs> well, apparently Andy Parks. Um, okay, so, comments. They're good. Um, comments. 
Golden Broombroy says, number one, count yourself lucky you're going to work at a time when everybody else has been there for hours. Number two, you were asking for trouble. Why not try a Chinese? I understand there's a great one in Bexley Heath. Number three, with the hours I work, I would happily stay on GMT all year round since I'm up at the silly o'clock in bed by 8.30pm. Four hockey is for girls. Five, <laughs> five, Nick Berry made a lot of money standing around looking bemused, which he is now enjoying. Um, Swanley person says, number one, I don't care. Number two, I don't care. And number three, I don't care. Number four, in reference to his hockey playing, you middle class, you middle class pansy player, real sport. Number five, who the hell is Nick Berry and why should I care? Number six, do you get paid to write this crap or do they just let you keep the pen? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those are my stories. <laughs> So, Rob, you've got a story for us. Yeah, two stories. They're both sort of Twitter-based this week. Right. Um, the first one is from the Croydon Advertiser. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story is accredited to the Croydon Advertiser. And the headline, Croydon Tweets of the Week. From train pain and marijuana to Caroline Flack and Adamant. Right, it's a dizzying array of... Um, I mean, it's literally just skips from one thing to the other. Well, yeah, and, basically. And, yeah, gibberish. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. A rundown of what's, what's been tweeting over the past week. So at Tracy Willoughby says, The family of noise is here, and it's come to save you and me. In Croydon. Adamant. Right, sorry. Right, who tweeted that? Uh, Tracy Willoughby. Right, so Adamant is visiting Croydon. Oh, I'm assuming so. I don't give a shit. No. Right. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> at uh, Claire uh, Elglinton says, uh, Ready for a glorious day at work in the paradise that is Croydon? I really think literally they've just been trawling Twitter for any they, reference they to Croydon. Are they news this week, Rob? I, I think they may have been, Alex. Right. Uh, at uh, Liz Shepherd-Jones says, Another day, another cheap shot at Croydon. Sorry, at Specsavers, not thinking much of your latest radio commercial. So apparently they've had a pop at Croydon. Didn't know that. At uh, Timothy Godfrey says... Is it just me and my sensitive nose, or has there been a big increase in openly smoking marijuana on the, street, on the, on the streets of Croydon Borough? Rob, can I just say something to you? There's a reason why I don't look at Twitter, and, and it's almost like you've, you, you know, this story is the dregs of Twitter. I, this is tedious, Rob. It, 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 it's hurting me. It is, Alex, but uh, we're nearly done. Uh, at D, uh, D Apple says, I'm only uh, ever getting to work now. I still can't believe it took me three hours to get from Croydon to, to Selhurst. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. Do you, Rob, I didn't tell you this. Do you know that after the day we did our podcast last week, I believe it was, Yeah. I um, I, I got to Sydenham Hill Station, which is the station I come to. I got to my, I got, I got to my station Yeah. and I got my car to drive home. It only takes five minutes to get home from there. Yeah. Five, seven minutes. It took me an hour to get Why? home. Because there are some nightmare temporary traffic lights that are creating absolute chaos in rush hour. And that meant that every route, I tried every route that was available to me before making the horrendous mistake to try and actually go through Gypsy Hill and go through Crystal Palace. That's a long detail. Not really, because if it, if it had moved, it would have been... I'm t- Rob, I would have been sitting in that traffic what are we t- What time are we talking here? Huh? What time are we talking? Russia. Yeah. But, but the problem is, Rob, is that there were also temporary traffic lights there as well. And, uh, I, Rob, this is a significant story, what happened to me. I need to try and describe this for the listener and for you. If you imagine there's temporary traffic lights, you know how temporary traffic lights right work. So one, so the people going up the, this hill are yeah. stopped on them, so the people can come down because the roadworks are covering one side of the road. So we've okay. got to use one side of the road. So the temporary traffic lights go green, and me and a slow and a, and a, and a train of cars 
go through the lights. Okay. I'm the last one lucky enough to get through the lights. When I go through, Rob, I, I'm, they're not red, okay? So I go through fine. But the problem is, from where they've obviously timed these lights and they position the roadworks, is that by the time I get to the end, there is no room behind the stream of traffic to get back into the left lane. Fantastic. And I am literally sat next to the roadworks, therefore blocking off the whole stream of traffic without now walking <laughs> down the road, right? right? And I'm waiting for the traffic lights at the top of the hill to change so I can actually finally get into my lane. I can't reverse because there's somebody behind me and I've got this long stream of traffic. Those lights at the top of the hill, I don't know what was going on, Rob, because you know that area. They took 12 minutes before they changed The because oh. the whole area was in chaos. So by the, time, then. Love that kind by of the time I actually was managed to get into the lane when those lights moved, every single person who drove past me shouted abuse at me. <laughs> Uh, Alex, that's phrases, a lovely picture. Phrases such as selfish, wanker, cunt. <laughs> One guy stopped, rolled down his windows and went, why didn't you just reverse? To which I told him I had a fucking car behind me and then he pointed out, oh, it turned around and went back, mate. <laughs> uh, well, well, so, just, so, so you were just sitting there? Yeah, and in the end I started replying with phrases like, go fuck yourself, <laughs> etc. Uh, how was, many cars was, did you ex- exchange pleasantries with? About ten. Right. Uh, it was thoroughly unpleasant, Rob, and it took me an hour to get home. That's my little story. Alex, I'm going to have to get back to you. I've got two more tweets. Good. Okay. So uh, at uh, Mitten Diama says, uh, this, tre- this train seems so full of young men who haven't yet made poor life choices, calling it East Croydon and Caroline Flagg. Right. And uh, the last one is from at MDM Merit. <clears throat> who says they can't open the doors on the train been stuck at Pearly for ages and on my bath night <laughs> might have to rethink the day schedule just one a week eh? yeah um, Rob, can, sorry, Rob can you just read me the introduction to that story what did they say the premise of this story was um, a rundown of what you've been tweeting over the past week so literally that's the best they could find literally the residents of Croydon yeah it's not just Croydon either there's Pearly as well so they've just been trawling Twitter for things they can well, publish well that's made me genuinely angry never read out anything that tedious again that's 10 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back well Alex you're going to have to hold that thought for one second my second story also features tweets uh, it's from the Gloucester Echo who by the way have, uh, have uh, revamped their website which I have to say Gloucester Echo is very nice can I say it because um, you've just well, changed they've just changed the border no um, the headline Haddock been busier, it cod have been worse. Local Locals react to overturned fish lorry in Gloucestershire. <laughs> overturned fish lorry. Yeah. Is a good episode time. When a lorry loaded with fish overturned near the air balloon roundabout on Saturday morning, readers couldn't resist sharing some fishy puns. Oh, for God's sake, we've had enough of these in past episodes, Rob. <laughs> the fun began at the Gloucester, Echo, uh, the Gloucester Echo's Facebook page. Nick Hill posted... Wrong place, wrong time. Yes. Haddock had been busier, it could have been worse. Yeah. While Frankie Rees commented, whale of a story. That's shite, that's shit. Oh, I think so, you know, he's trying, okay, he's so. trying. I mean, technically a whale's a mammal, it's not a fish, but never mind. Uh, the, echo, the echo piped up, it's Brill, the driver escaped uninjured, when there wasn't an, another soul around. The witticisms continued, <laughs> I love the fact they used the word witticisms. The witticisms continued on Twitter. So, uh, at Gloucester... Oh, sorry, yeah. So, uh, Liam McKinnock says, Some fin needs to be done about the area. Thank God nobody was hurt. No trout about it. The driver had had a a lucky escape. Had Uh, a lucky escape? Yeah. That's poor. Uh, Now, Matthew Rushbrook says... Why are you not smiling when you say Matthew Rushbrook? Because we used to have a... 
I can't, can't say this on the podcast. Let me just say. Oh right, okay. Maybe yeah. a relation to yeah, an yeah, old yeah. boss that Rob and I have. Yeah. Says uh, hope everyone involved is feeling better. Mm. Hugh, uh, sorry, Gareth Hugh Jones says maybe there was some cod liver on the road. Doesn't that's not really a pun. Maybe the so, driving. Sorry, so, sorry. That's pathetic. <laughs> that's the person trying to join in, missing the understand what, what's going on. Yeah. Maybe there was some cod liver oil on the road. Look, get out of this party, mate. You know, it's like... I don't think cod liver oil is slippy either. That's huh? I, mean, I don't think it's slippy. I think it would be fucking slippy, Rob. It's oil. My dad used to drink loads of the stuff. It was fucking horrid. I'm not sure why. Anyway, that's not the point. Maybe the driver needs to be more in tuner with his vehicle. No, shit, mate. I'm sorry. You've put your felt there. Are you sure that's what he used to drink, Rob? He could have been drinking anything. Just no, he used to... Apparently, as a kid, he used to, he used to say that... His, uh, his mother had to keep it out of his reach because he used to be he used to drink too much. Oh yeah, she used to like it. He used to love it. Yeah, because apparently it's good for apparently it's got a lot of omega in it. Yeah. Up here, how health facts uh, for you there? I think everybody knows what you just said there. <laughs> and uh, Hugh, Hugh Jones says, "Thank you for letting me for letting me minnow." Okay, we'll be hearing about it. Let's make it official. No? A fish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a pain in the base. Oh, bass. OMC. And the, the, they just finished the article by saying, uh, no one was hurt in the accident which happened in the early hours of Saturday morning. Can you imagine if the article had finished, unfortunately two people died? <laughs> unfortunately there were two fatalities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, I, I would like that a lot more because I think it takes... Both have been buried at sea. <laughs> Okay, Rob, well, thank you for bringing those contributions to this week's podcast. No problem. Uh, now I'm going to return us to something slightly, you know, that will be humorous and interesting, um, I hope. <laughs> well, <I> can... <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot to ask. Well, this is my main story this week. I've, I, I've got one story here, and then I'm done for the week. Okay, okay right. Um, I'm expecting a lot from this. It was, it was a tricky decision whether to read this out, Rob. Is it a bit? Is it a bit close to the knuckle? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, it's from the twenty second of October. It's by Mark Chandler, deputy news editor, and it's from the New Shopper. There, there is a sensitive issue behind this, oh, no, which okay. is a serious issue, and is not something that I am in any way making light of. It is more the sheer absurdity of the story and the way it's reported. But because of the sensitivity around this, Rob, I would like to show some decorum. Can I just? Can did you hear one, that? I did. I did hear what you said, and I, I, I was going to say one thing very quickly, actually, to a listener, Jack. Thank you so much for the story you sent in about the taxi driver. There's no way I can read it on the podcast because although the comments he makes are funny, the nature of the, the nature of the story is not in any way. <laughs> Oh, Rob, Rob, Rob can't talk to me about what it's about on air, apparently, but it'll wait for after. Rob, this is the story, so some decorum. Okay. Rob, why are you looking at Google while I'm, I'm reading out? Uh, is it something you'd like to do? I was just, I'm sorry, I was looking at the word. Oh, what, what word are you looking at, Rob? Despicable. I don't know what despicable means, all right? <laughs> what are you doing? You called me despicable for the podcast. I didn't know what it meant. I was looking it up. No, I was cooking up my stories for the next part. That's all. Right, okay. Right, anyway. Blackheath and Woolwich, gynaecologist... Oh, God. Practicing in the woods. Struck off after squeezing patients' nipples to see if they were, in quotes, still milking. <laughs> oh, God! What? This is a sensitive issue. He's a gynaecologist. A Blackheath and Woolwich gynaecologist who squeezed a patient's nipples to see if they were, in quotes, still milking, has been struck off. Did he Do- ask the question, would you like a nipple pinched? No, Rob, he didn't. He did not get consent. Oh. 
Dr. Mahesh Patwadhan, 51, got a thrill from groping patients' breasts while alone with them in his rooms at two hospitals at Tribunal Heard. That's awful. The consultant told one victim to remove her top and bend over the examination couch before grabbing her breasts from behind. Oh, dear God. He then squeezed both her nipples to see if they were, in quote, still milking during that unnecessary examination at the private Blackheath Hospital in May 2012. Patwadhan had denied the charges, but a fitness to practice panel at the Medical Practitioners Tribunal Service in Manchester believed the evidence of three victims. The first known as Patient A, was asked her, was asked to remove her clothes before he stood behind her and cupped her breasts. Oh, she could Christ. feel he was aroused as he pressed himself against her, the tribunal heard. In September 2012, a second woman was asked to remove all her upper clothing during an appointment at Queen Elizabeth Hospital. The doctor approached her from behind and, without warning, cupped her breasts with his hands. A third attack occurred while a long-term patient known as Patient C consulted the gynaecologist at the Blackheath Hospital in May 2012. He told her to take off her upper clothing and asked her to bend over the couch before cupping her breasts. You can see he's doing the same thing each yeah. time. He then squeezed each nipple and said he wanted to see if they were, in quotes, still milking. Following the unnecessary breast exam, the doctor asked Patient C whether she had any tattoos or piercings. <laughs> when he was told she had a tattoo on her bottom, he helped her unbutton and then pull down her jeans. Uh, the medic what? put his hands on her hips, turned her around and said, oh, while smiling when he saw the tattoo on her upper bottom. He sometimes kissed her, hugged her and patted her bottom at the end of his consultations, the panel heard. Now, I understand this was probably an ordeal, well, a horrendous ordeal for the women involved, but for, I, I was curious about patient C. You've had a number of appointments with this because it says he would often end them by kissing her, hugging her or what was the other thing it said? Uh, patting her bottom. After the first time of that happening, aren't you beginning to think something's not right here? And also, he said that this is a private practice, so you're paying for this as well. Yeah. I also, also, why, if he's asking a tattoo, why, why are you, I don't know, it just sounds... He's a gynecologist, why would you say, oh yeah, I've got a tattoo, do you want to do a tattoo? Well, hang on, I don't think they were saying that, well, obviously they're under some coercion. Oh, yeah, what I'm saying, right. all I can't understand about patient C is the naivety to not go back. Well, to some keep... people are naive, Alex. Or she was scared, I mean, it could, could have been that. I mean, my doctor always tells me to strip off, uh, uh, you know, general checkups. Yeah, I, I once saw a doctor who I noticed had a pattern of every time I went to see him seemed to want to stick a finger up my bottom. And um, and uh, after about... I generally don't know if you're joking I'm or not. I'm not joking. And after no, a that's couple, quite worrying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I stopped seeing him. He, he seemed to, every time, seem to want to do that part for of the For everything? I mean, if you went for like a, just a, a, like a checkup? Or? No, I was going for things that could have been related to that, to be fair. But it did seem to be a bit unnecessary to keep yeah, doing it. He didn't like, I've got a really heavy cold. Okay, take trousers now. Um, <laughs> just the one. She only reported the doctor after finding out that other women had complained about their treatment. Panel chairman Neil Sykes told Pat Wadden that the absence of any other explanation, his conduct must have been sexually motivated. Married Pat Wadden, who claims to have treated up to five million patients. Five million? Where's he been? If I'm looking on his website at that point, I'm thinking, you're, you're a con artist. Yeah. So, so, so he, he's, that means he's seen virtually... He's been, he's, right, hang on. He's been working for 25 years, right? So stay there. Hang on. Stay there. Okay, let's let's do them. I mean, let's face it. Eight, there's eight million people in London alone. So he's apparently seen. Hang on, about three or two quarters. He has seen. He has seen, according to his own figures, two hundred thousand people per year. Can you just right, hang on? My, yeah, three, which six, is uh, three thousand eight hundred forty-six people per week. Okay, and uh, uh, per day. 549 people per day. I don't think that's possible. Oh, that sounds now, absolutely possible. If, before I'm going to visit that doctor, I'm going to think if he's seeing, okay, divide, let, let, how, let's say how many hours are you working? 10 hour day? Yeah, I'd say that's that's 54 people an hour. <laughs> <laughs> as a gynecologist. That's a lot of breast cupping going on there, pal. 
Literally, I mean, he just be, he must be asking to dress and then literally just walk out the door. And can I just say, if Tom, my friendly accountant, lives in Gloucester, is listening, if I didn't get those maths right, you don't tell me. It's a comedy podcast. Either way, the figures are ridiculous. If I did get it right, do tell me and I'll feel really good about myself. Mr. Pikes told him, the panel considers that through your misconduct you have demonstrated a harmful, deep-seated, attitudinal problem. I describe it as more sexually harassing and assaulting women. It's more than an attitude problem. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> In addition to a persistent lack of insight into the seriousness of your actions and consequences. Um, some comments, Rob. Jippo Joe says... Oh, brilliant. Trust me, I'm a gynaecologist. <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> Mumcab says, Oh, gosh, I have an appointment with the gynaecologist next week. I'm going to make flaming sure he doesn't try to milk me. <laughs> okay. White Rabbit 9, who normally oh, makes God. chilling predictions of the future, yeah, yeah. this time says, I would use gaffer gate tape over the nipples with no milking sign for the message to get across. That's in uh, advice to the lady. Oh, so he wouldn't be in, in that role, be putting gaffer tape over the nipples. No, no, he's saying to the lady, if you're going to see a gynecologist, put gaffer so, tape over your nipples with no that, milking written on it. It's quite specialist. Survey is. map says he is not indigenous to our country, so why is he still here? One strike and you are out of our country, lol. Put that in your pipe, Jippo Joe. Uh, Threadworm says compo, 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 <laughs> which I think. <laughs> Is unacceptable yeah, to these to these to these women, considering he has been found guilty. You can't accuse him of making it up. No, these women have been sexually molested by someone. I, I, I really doubt he's even a doctor. <laughs> okay, Rob, you got a story for us? You got two short stories actually. Um, the first one is again from the the Gloucester Echo. There's no journalist listed. The headline, Ebola and Cheltenham hoax spreads. Health chiefs, health chiefs urge people to ignore prank on Twitter and Facebook. Can I just say, Rob, I had a story that I was going to read out this week but didn't, which was something along the line of panic ensues at Lewisham Hospital after a patient shouts, Ebola! <laughs> really? When there was no Ebola. Basically, they saw some people walking in with some of those suits. Has and just, suits. Yeah, and just screamed Ebola in the waiting room and the place went into chaos. People scrambling for the doors. I would be asking why the people walking into, into... well, they, there was a suspected about you know, but they've just been precautionary. But it awesome. wasn't. Okay, but somebody just uh, panicked. Brilliant. To be fair, if that was me or you, would you leave? I'd leave. I no, get out I think there I would, though, Actually, yeah, yeah, I but would. I wouldn't scream Ebola. No, I'd just make a. a I just, I just whisper to the person next to me and then walk out. No, I wouldn't do that. I'd just, I'd just make a quiet exit and leave everybody to fight for themselves. <laughs> Again, I believe you. Help us as a sort to reassure people that there is no outbreak of Ebola in Cheltenham. Uh, Gloucester Hospital's NHS Trust said that they've become aware of a prank about the potentially de- about the potentially deadly disease in the town. Can I ask you a question, Rob? Are there many people travelling from Liberia to Cheltenham? Not that I'm aware of, no. no. And to, to be fair, the white mid- <laughs> Cheltenham is very white middle class. So. But you could have been to that area if you're white middle class, Rob. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Mm. Uh, they've assured people there is no hope. Ignorant that was, Rob. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, then the tweet basically says we're aware that the prank concerning Ebola in Cheltenham is circulating here and on Facebook please be reassured that there is no hoax please retweet but to well, be fair appropriate to call that a prank yeah I mean as pranks go that's pretty serious because unfortunately I think I, I do think that this is the kind of thing that could turn to mass hysteria <laughs> yeah I mean whoever's done that is a complete cretin yeah uh, I mean, I would say that GCHQ, which is obviously the, uh, the, the central sort of communication for uh, for uh, military intelligence, is based there. I'm not saying they started it, but what you what the kind of war game, possibly a kind of a kind of like trial scenario to see what 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 the effects on the local population would be. What will people do? Exactly. Hmm. It's one to think about. Uh, 
The second story is also from the Echo. It's been a lot from the Echo this week. The headline, there's no journalist. The headline is, is, you have to spare with this one, <clears throat> is Downton Abbey's dog Isis on her way out of TV hit show because of her unfortunate name? Oh, for fuck's sake. Anybody who's interested in my um, my educational feature about ancient Egypt last week in response to one of Rob's story would also like to know that the relationship between Isis and dogs is a very long-standing one. The reason for this is... Oh, we're going into no, it. Hang on okay. a minute. The, re- the, 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 the reason is, is Isis is often associated with the star system Sirius. And Sirius is known as the dog star. And... Uh, Oh, Cerberus. Sorry, I think Cerberus is a dog of the underworld. Yeah, yeah, it's a dog of the underworld. Anibus is the dog of the underworld. Black-headed jackal, who is also... Yeah. Cerberus is right, but that's from a different Cerberus. mythology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, so that's why she's associated with dogs. Could Downton, Downton Abbey's top canine character be... Could you call it a character? It's a dog. Yeah, it's a character in a show. Anything... It's acting, Rob. It's method acting. You're right, yeah. So, so dog being a dog, but a slightly different Do you dog. think that's a very good question? Probably for Daft Talk. Does a dog know when it's acting in a soap opera? <laughs> that this isn't a real situation? Well, I mean, they do have... Well, no, they don't, you fucker. No, no, listen, listen. What I was about to say is obviously they are trained and they, they do have to do certain things. So they, they, because obviously there are dog stars like Lassie and uh wellard snoopy snoop well yeah okay why not yeah yeah so uh top canine star could be killed off because of an unfortunate name rumors arrived that lord grantham's dog could see her demise because of the rise of the middle east militant group at isis the fact that that's even one sentence amazes me <laughs> what they should just do is have a scene with somebody going oh like calling uh isil by mistake and them going no no it's not isil it's isis it's got nothing to do with that. And then they just move on. <laughs> That's good, I like that. Or just maybe the dog walks in like, and then so they just chuck it on the fire. <laughs> the dog walks in, they go, get out, shoot it. Put <laughs> yes. like a service revolver, just shoots yeah. it in the head. Uh, or like maybe it's carrying like a behead, no, I say beheaded mouse, but that would be inappropriate. That, that bit's been cut out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speculations increased about the Countess of Grantham uh, Cora Crawford, or Crawford, I don't know. Is this the Crawley? name of the bra- breed of Cor- the dog? No, no. Just give up on it, Rob. Okay. Question the yellow Labrador's health. And la- okay, right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Let me do that again. And speculation has increased about the Countess Grantham Cora Crawley questioning the yellow Labrador's health on last night's episode. She's terribly listless, she said. I don't know what she's picked up a germ. Oh, sorry. I don't know that she's picked up So they're writing her out? Basically, yeah. They're killing off. And they've got like, they've got like things for the dog, like coughing. Isis the dog was named after the Egyptian goddess. Fans estimate her to be between eight and ten years old. Do they? I'm not sure why that's relevant. Uh, a few comments, because of course they're going to be comments. Oh, brilliant. I want to know what the comments are. They're, they're, not, they're not really worth it, I'll be honest. And Mr. Magoo says, this is news. Mm-hmm. And uh, very sceptical simply says, Rich, sorry, local, rich, and compelling. Something this story is not. <laughs> local, rich, and compelling is a good episode to Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, Rob, we are coming to the end of the podcast, and it's now time for our listener story of the week. And because I have a better memory than you, can we have the sound of the campfire? 
Shit, that means I need to get my phone. Are you impressed that I remembered? I am. Like, you, you Phil, for a second. I'll be back in a sec. Uh, Phil, again, you made me do this a few weeks ago. Those um, are jokes. Uh, it, it's going to be rather mild for October for the rest of the week with highs of 18 oh, degrees shit, and lows of 13 degrees. There'll be some light scattered right, showers tomorrow, but broadly sunny in the southeast and patches of sunshine in other areas of the country over Friday and the what weekend. What do we say? Campfire? I, I believe that, that got, weather forecast might be quite accurate. I'm not sure. I th- well, it won't, Campfire. Be it won't be by the time it goes out, of course. Oh, shit. In that case, um, got, um, blizzards, snow, hurricane and apocalypse forecast for tomorrow. Right, campfire. You don't want Tibetan singing bowl or cat purring. No, I want the camp- I thought we were going to have a campfire. There we, we liked it, Rob. And I'll dim the light. There we go. Hang Hang on. On. I'm going to dim the light. I'm going to get all the lights off, Rob. I hope the listeners appreciate this. You, you better do. Right, here we go. Right, does right. that feel to you like like we, we're two men, Rob, men, yeah, sitting around a campfire cooking our elk, which we've just hunted and killed? Well, not really. I can see your microwave in the corner. You want the lights completely off? Well, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. perfect. That's better. There we go. Right. Okay. I think the listeners going to be happy by this. Right. Because this story was sent in uh, by Steve, one of our, our newest listeners. Um, and where does Steve live? Derby. Derby. Where's Derby? Derby. <laughs> That's the American pronunciation of Derby. Right. Um, it's a return to Eagle Heights. Fuck off! Was he the one who found the story last time? Because he said he was. Yeah. He was the one who. who are you telling me he's found a story that I've missed? Is it current? Uh, it's from the seventh of October. Fuck off! Yeah. He must be every because I felt I do. Well, okay, really, Steve, Steve, from now on, you are our Eagles Heights correspondent. How about that? Should we give him that honorary title, Eagle Heights correspondent? And now we go to Steve in Derby to report on Eagle Heights. In we, we can't do that because he, we won't actually. He won't feel. No, we're doing it now. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Um, There's no money involved or no. anything like that. We, we don't make any. You money won't on appear on the podcast apart from in when we name check you. But that's it. It's from the Kent Online <laughs> web. Well, I have to point that out. It's not like you know because this is obviously a, uh, an audio medium. Yeah, well, yeah, but maybe, maybe, maybe could be my new co-host. Let's see on the quality of the story. That okay. no, Rob looked really hurt there. I did. So it's the Kent Online website. I'm going to throw you in the fire so you can cook <laughs> you and eat you. I'm hungry. So the Kent Online website, the story's by Ben Kennedy. And Ben uh, Kennedy? Ben Kennedy. And the headline, Huskies, Suka and Coco stolen from Eagle Heights <laughs> Bird of Prey Centre in Ainsford, near Dartford, Found near the Shard, London. <laughs> Whoa! That's one sentence. <laughs> Two huskies were stolen from Eagle Heights because yeah. I know about these huskies because I've read about them previously. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've read about about them on the podcast that he's got. Two huskies were found near the Shard. Yes, these are basically wolves, Rob. I know, of course they are. Yeah, but I mean, I think everyone knows that huskies are the closest uh, living relative to the wolf. To elephant? Oh, to wolves. <laughs> yeah, to eagles. Two huskies taken by thieves last week have been found safe So he's, he's been targeted he's been again. Targeting it. Is he back to sleeping in the car with the rifle? Alex, there's no mention of him in the story. There's no mention of him. So did you look up this story to see if you could find anything else about no, it? No, I haven't. So I will have to do that then because he will have been going ape shit, Rob. Well, they didn't mention him. That means he's so angry, I'm Rob. Re- but I'm really concerned that he's, he's left. left. No, he won't have left Rob. It's a family-owned thing. I think he's... Rob, let's be honest. He, this has tipped him over, Rob, and he has now sunk into the valley of the abyss. Yeah, Rob. Possibly. That pit of despair, Rob, he is now living in it. I don't think he's in contact with the local media. I think he's shunned all technology. He's in a car with a, with a thermos flask and a gun. Yeah, you're right, Alex. It's, it's and some lighter fuel. 
Suka, sorry, Coco and Suka were stolen from kennels at Eagle Heights in Lillingstone Lane, Ainsford, near Dartford, over last, sorry, overnight last Friday. They had been found abandoned in two separate car parks near the Shard building in London. So, Rob, I've got so many questions. Why would you, why would you steal two huskies only to abandon them in central London? In fact, you got them in like, oh, fucking hell. These make a bit of noise, don't they? Or what? What? Why have you abandoned them, Alex? I'm really concerned that he's left, and that this was his way of getting back at the new owners. <laughs> I feel he's been forced out. Well, and you think and he, he stole the, the two huskies? But, he, but Rob, he's the sort of man who would kill the huskies and then probably himself <laughs> <laughs> in some sort of horrible husky death pact. Yeah, yeah. husky death husky pact. Death is good pact. Yeah, yeah. Horrible husky death pact. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, two different people came across the dogs and took them into care. They've, um, they have seen the Facebook campaign for the safe return of the pair and so new to contact Eagle Heights Wildlife Park in Dartford where they belong. So they're each left in separate car parks. Yeah. A husky. They were taken but left apart. Near the shard? Yeah. Well, I'm looking this story out right now. Okay, I'll carry on. Daniel Clark, who works at the park, said on Eagle Heights' Facebook page, we are pleased to announce that Suko and Coco have been, have been found safe and well. Who said that? Uh, Daniel Clark. Who's that? Daniel Clark is the keeper. So they, they mentioned two people in the story. Daniel Clark. No, no, sorry. That's, oh, no, it's a different guy. Who's Daniel Clark? Doesn't seem... Oh, he's, he's just, he works at the, the park office, apparently. But then you've got the keeper, Daniel Gooden, and park manager, Chris Beasley. Belsley. No, what, man, manager of who? What? Of park gone? manager. Chris... You don't think he's gone? I do think you? he's gone. I think... And also, by the way, the comments of the story are quite, you know, they speak favourably about Eagle Heights. Keeper David Gooden was so overwhelmed that he cried with joy. <laughs> the Huskies are now back at the centre to be reunited with their mum, Heidi, and Dave, their keeper. Thank you to everyone who shared, commented, and helped us to find our Huskies. We can't thank you enough. Mr. Clark also announced the park is going to start a fundraising campaign to ensure the security of the kennels, which will include alarm systems and upgraded CCTV. Uh, thieves broke into the Bird of Prey Centre on Friday, October 3rd and stole a pair of huskies. Ben Clark, uh, ben Dan- sorry, Daniel Ben Clark, who works at the Wildlife Park's office, said at the time the two dogs, Coco and Suka, were, were taken after the enclosure were broken into. My heart just sank when I realised they had gone. Why would anyone want to take our two huskies is beyond me, and we desperately want them back. Um, park manager Chris Belsley said... He was very upset when he saw what had happened. He cried like a baby. <laughs> it doesn't sound like okay, does it? The park manager, Alex, he was devastated. Rob. To Steve. Steve, as our Eagle Heights correspondent, yeah. can you please find out what has happened to Alan Ames and if he is still running Eagle Heights, even if you have to call up and ask him? That is your task. What's a raptor? Uh, well, have you seen have you seen Jurassic Park, Alex? Do you remember when the fat guy who plays Newman in Seinfeld goes off with that thing and he's trying to get through the woods and the car gets stuck and he comes across that dinosaur in a jungle? That's a raptor, and the raptor Rob kills him. Well, we we don't see it happens off screen, but it's a terrifying moment. But the last comment, Alex. In response to this incident, Mr. Beasley said CCTV had now been installed at the park. Eagle Heights, which opened in 1996. It's one of the UK's largest bird of prey centres with a collection of 150 raptors. <laughs> yeah. It is also an expanded wildlife sanctuary with many different so species of animals including the huskies, meerkats, snakes, lizards, ponies and camels. 
If anybody has not ever listened, if we've got any newer, newer, newer listeners here or newish listeners, yeah. if you want to know uh, and listen to one of our best ever moments on this podcast, please go and listen to the second half of episode five from the Valley to the Abyss, which is where I discovered about Alan Ames and Eagle Heights and I read out all these stories which linked into the, each other about them. It was brilliant, Rob, and I still sometimes go back and listen to it because we were... We almost died that day, yeah. I have to say. It, it was painful uh, how funny some of those stories were. But Rob, bearing in mind that this was a guy who had cheaters, yeah, which then went on to attack people, is it not possible? Not so they mention the cheaters in the story, so what the bloody hell has happened to them? At least, yeah, well, that's the story for another day. But is it not possible that Eagle Heights, out of the glare of the public eye, has been secretly uh, uh, using genetic experiments and, and, <laughs> and are creating their own very own Jurassic Park? Oh. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then one of the dinosaurs will kill somebody and Alan Ames will say, what's the problem? It's not like somebody having their arms ripped off by a gorilla. <laughs> Which is an actual Alan Ames quote. Absolutely. Steve, please find out what's happened to Alan Ames and get back to us. You are our correspondent on the ground. Few comments just to finish off the story. Uh, Shell, t- uh, Shell Taylor, I'm not sure. I'm at Shell Baker, so I was getting confused. Says someone knows who took. Uh, someone knows who these toe rags are. <laughs> there will be someone's son, daughter, niece, aunt, uncle, someone's grandson or daughter. I'm not sure why you need to repeat daughter twice. <laughs> Try to cover all options. Yeah, yeah. Someone knows them. If you do, call the police now. Bloody hell, Crime Stoppers. Yeah. That's what they should say on every Crime Stoppers. This uh, is somebody's son, daughter, aunt, niece. <laughs> stepbrother, stepsister. <laughs> Adopted son. Sacramu son. Yeah. Uh, Anel- Anelka Tankara says, Hi, I've just heard that Traveller's... St- I'm not sure what you mean. I think she means steel, not steak. Traveller's steak huskies for dogfighting. Someone was... Some- someone Always was- bloody blaming Travellers, aren't we? I mean... Why are they driving them up to central London? Maybe they're going to take up the shard. I would love an explanation as to why they were dumped. I don't dumped. think we're going to get one, Alex. They didn't even try and sell them, well, did well, they? This is the thing about Eagle Heights. There, there are more questions than answers. With every story. <laughs> yeah. uh, someone, someone was stolen from the air pets on the M20 side. Uh, and from the M25. I'm very sad about this. It is imperative that anyone who knows anything about this reports it before something tragic happens. I think what would happen was the story being released before the dog's been found. So, and then obviously they'll update the story so then some of these comments are slightly out of date um, uh, Box 2 says I hope you get them back Eagle Heights is such a lovely place for families apart from the ones who get injured by cheaters <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair point <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't say that in the article by the way um, uh, 0991 so Tony says it's a shame these dogs do not rip the bastards to pieces when they do, when they try to steal them. Maybe, that would teach them a lesson. Maybe they did. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe that. somewhere there are two mauled people in central London. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that, Steve. And uh, as I say, you are now our Eagle Heights correspondent, whether you like it or not. So please update us regularly. And on that note, Rob, we have come to the end of our podcast, and we leave episode 117 behind. And look forward with a mixture of anticipation yet trepidation to episode 118 as we move, Rob. 19. 19. Yeah. Is this a, No. This is 118, Alex. Is it? Yes. I thought I said it was 117 at the beginning of the episode. Do you? Well, it's not. 
Well, hang on a minute. I, I I've qu- just posted 117. I question that. I question if you haven't just posted 116. I'm sorry for this, listeners. Uh, we, 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 we need to be clear on oh. what's happened here. Uh, yeah, you have. Very good. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, You've interrupted my flow again, Rob. Sorry, Alex. Well, technically, I didn't interrupt it. As we move ever more forward, like a man crying in joy as he's reunited with his two stolen sex companion huskies. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, we move forward, Rob, ever more forward to episode 200, which will be our next big milestone, where we'll have a great big party. Maybe we'll even go to the Blue Lagoon Fish Restaurant. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll have a different, uh, a different sound to accompany the podcast. Well, I, I, would, maybe, I think we need to get one um, to uh, find a, one on your app that, um, that mimics some kind of water sound, definitely. Oh, we definitely got that. Yeah, yeah. good. Okay. Take care. God bless. Bye.